America's democracy hangs in the balance. While you're tuned into politics, Greer McVay, host of the Capital G podcast, will help you make sense of the news of the day and more importantly, understand how what goes on in our nation's capital is important to you and your family. Greer shares insights and opinions in the lead up to the election, and then will help guide you through the anticipated aftermath and into the next administration. That's politics with a capital G. Hello, and welcome to the Capital G Podcast. I am your host, Greer McVeigh. It is January 6th. Happy New Year. And welcome back. That's for me and for you. I just needed to get get into the studio and record because as I speak, we are voting for a Speaker of the House of Representatives. I have gotten so many phone calls, emails, and texts over the last few days with people asking me, what is going on? <coughs> Excuse me. So I'm going to tell you what's going on. Um, we are now literally, and the TV is on in the background as I'm talking, so I'm reporting this in live time, but we are beginning the 13th round of voting for a House Speaker. So as you know, Congress is made up of, of uh, two chambers. You've got the House and you've got the Senate. The Senate is taken care of. The Democrats retained the majority at the last election. And Chuck Schumer is still the, um, the, the Senate majority leader. So Senate is done. Now we're focused on the House of Representatives. The Democrats were in power. They did have the majority, and Nancy Pelosi was the Speaker of the House. The Democrats in the last election back in November lost the lost the um, majority, and as such, effectively, I'll say, lost the speakership. Well, technically, that's not quite true. So. The 117th Congress, we're in the 118th now, or we will be when and if we ever get a, uh, a, a speaker. So the 117th Congress, that's what just ended that Nancy Pelosi was the speaker of. It ended at noon on Tuesday. Done. It's over. So it's not like one Congress hands it off to the other. One is done, and then the next one begins. When this 118th Congress began... The first order of business is to elect a speaker. The speaker is the leader of the entire House of Representatives, not the Republicans, not the Democrats, but the entire, um, but the entire body. And then each side has a minority leader and a, and, a, and a majority leader. So those positions have already been, been spoken for. For the Democrats, it is Hakeem Jeffries as the minority leader, and for the Republicans, I don't even know who it is. I think it's Steve Scalise. He's the uh, majority leader, or maybe it's Kevin McCarthy. Either way, now we need a speaker. And again, that is the person who oversees or who is the speaker of the house. 
theoretically, it should be a nonpartisan person who's just there to preside over the House and to move legislation forward and to basically guide the whole enterprise. But obviously, if you're in the majority, you theoretically would get more votes than the minority. And therefore, you're going to favor your own party and move forward. So that's sort of the idea. Well, there was like a little blip on the screen. So on Tuesday, when they convened to, to uh, vote for a speaker, each side nominates whoever they want. The Democrats nominated Hakeem Jeffries to be the speaker. It could be anyone. Just so you know, the speaker could be anyone from both parties, neither party, an independent, or somebody who isn't even in Congress. Technically, they could nominate me, Greer McVeigh, yours truly, and I'd be happy to be uh, the Speaker of the House, because while I don't know anything about it, I know I can do better than whatever is going on right now. So that said, since Election Day, and the Republicans won the majority in the House. It was obvious to anybody who's paying attention that, oh, we're going to need to pick a speaker. Kevin McCarthy has been vying for this position forever, for forever. As long as I've been following politics and he's been in the House, he's been wanting to be speaker. He put himself in nomination back in 20. 15, I guess, uh, back at the beginning of the Trump uh, presidency. So it's it's he's been asking for, I've, I have followed politics longer than that, but he certainly has been actively trying to get this gig for years. And he wants it and everybody knows he wants it. The problem is he's a little shameless in his desire to have it. So anyway, the election happens in November. Everybody knows, okay, they're going to need to nominate a, uh, they're going to need to nominate somebody. When they go to nominate somebody, who, the, the question is, it's like, okay, who are we going to nominate? Kevin, who's sort of the next in line, sort of the heir apparent, if you will, the top, the most senior person, the one who wants it, the one who's whipping votes and doing all this stuff, trying to get people on his side. Is that who's going to, is that who's going to be, get the nomination or someone else? Well, turns out that the, that there is a group of Republicans who are like, we don't want Kevin McCarthy to have this gig. We don't really have anybody else to get the gig, but we don't want it to be Kevin McCarthy. That's a problem for Kevin. Nevertheless, in the last couple of months, he's had an ample opportunity to negotiate, to persuade, to cajole, to arm twist, to beg, borrow, plead, steal, whatever, to get the nomination and to get people on his side. Nancy Pelosi had that same challenge a couple, you know, a couple of years ago. And she they took sort of an internal poll of Democrats and, and there were some that were against AOC and the squad and, you know, whoever, whoever was part of that group. And Nancy went behind the scenes, did what she needed to do. So when it came time to vote, she had the votes. They had one vote. She won. That was that. 
Well, Kevin McCarthy, because he's apparently not good at his job, he's not good at whipping votes, he's not good at cajoling, borrowing, begging, stealing, whatever it is that he needs to do, he did not secure the support that he needed before they started voting. So what he's just sort of doing is voting, is, is, is having these votes unfurl in front of our eyes. The first ballot on day one, he lost. Jeffries got all, Jeffries was nominated. All 212 uh, Democrats voted for him. McCarthy did not get all the all the votes that he needed from his party. I don't have the list in front of me, but I think he started with about 208 and then it went down to like 206 and then 204, 203, 201 or something like that. So he did not do a particularly good job of um, even on the first go round, but at least that sort of level set. We knew he wasn't going to get the 218 that he needed. I'm going to talk about that number in just a moment. But he didn't get the 218 that he needed to win outright. So then it went to the second ballot and then a third and then a fourth. And now three days later, they've adjourned three days. This is the fourth day of voting. And now we're up to the 13th vote. I actually think he may get it. We'll see. Um, so anyway, let me go back and talk a little bit about this number uh, 218 or the number of votes that you need to win. The number of votes you need to win is based on getting 50% of the available votes plus one. So there are 200 and I'm sorry, there are 435 representatives in the U.S. House of Representatives Right now, apparently someone died after the election, so there are only 434. So 50% of that would be 217 plus one. That's 218. That's the number of votes that you have to get in order to win. So if everybody votes, 218. Because there are only 212 Democrats, Hakeem Jeffries is unlikely to get more than 212. It's unlikely that any Republican would vote for the Democrat. So his number has remained steady through all 13 votes or through, I'll say through 12, because in the, in the 12th vote, one of the Democrats was not present. So he got 211 on that one, on that round. That said, he's gotten all there. They have been unified. They've all voted for him and he's doing well. So that's Jeffries. On the House side, Kevin McCarthy, who has a total of 222 Republican House members, their representatives elect, because um, they haven't been sworn in because they can't get sworn in until they pick a leader and the leader is the one who swears them in. So uh, Kevin McCarthy did not get the 200, he has 222. In order for him to get the requisite 218 votes to be the speaker, he could lose four votes. He, four people could vote against him. That would take him from 220, of the 222, that would take him to 218. And he'd win because he needs 218. If five people vote against him, he would only get 217 votes. He would be one short. 
and he would not win. So from the first vote, like I said, he only got, I think, 208 or something like 208 or 206 or something on the first ballot, the first time they voted. Clearly well underneath the number that he needed. Then when they voted the second time, he got fewer. I think he might have gotten 208 and then it went down to 206. And then they voted a third time. And then he got 204 or something. So the number of people voting against him actually kept increasing, not decreasing. He was not getting closer to becoming speaker. So on the first day they adjourned, they're like, okay, we've had enough. We did three votes. He's not winning. Let us adjourn for the day and we'll go and we'll offer some more stuff. And I'm going to talk about that in just a minute, but we'll offer some more stuff. We'll do whatever. We'll see what, why these people won't vote for me. And we'll work on that and see if we can't change people's minds and get them to vote for Kevin. So they recessed, they came back on day two, Wednesday, and then they voted. And they voted three more times. And it takes a while to vote because you've got to nominate, you've got to vote one person's 434 people. You've got to vote one at a time and they've got to call out what their vote is. You've got to record that. Then you've got to verify and you've got to do all these things. So by the time they got through um, on day two, they voted the fourth ballot and then he lost. And then the fifth ballot, he lost. And then the sixth ballot, he lost. And in those, when not only are they nominating him and people are not voting for him, they're voting for other people. There is no one consensus person. There is no one other Republican that everybody loves. And it's like, oh, well, we don't want Kevin. Let's give us Steve Scalise or let's give us you know, Elise Stefanik from New York or Steve Scalise from Louisiana, or there is not that. It's just, so they are coming up with some names, but the names are coming up with Jim Jordan or, or Andy Biggs. They're getting two, three, four votes. So Kevin McCarthy is not getting the 217 or 218 that he needed, but instead he's getting the 200 and one and 202, which means that there are like 20 people, I think there were as many as 21, who voted against him. They voted at some point, uh, Matt Getz from Florida or from Georgia, where's Matt Getz from? Florida. He nominated Donald Trump. When Matt Getz nominated Donald Trump, you know, and Donald Trump got one vote and this person got two or three or whatever. So long story short, Kevin McCarthy just was not getting the number of votes that he needed to cross that 217 threshold, 218 threshold. So one of the things that he has done since election day, and this is what, what the, uh, the, the people voting against him are saying, that there are a number of reasons that they don't want to vote for him. One of the reasons that they don't want to vote for him is because they don't trust him. They want to, as they put it, and I'm using air quotes here, they want to fundamentally change how Congress works and they want to they want to do all this business, right? They want to, they're like, we want to, um, we want to be on committees. We want to change the rules. We want to change uh, the threshold for ousting the speaker. 
which is one of the things they want one person to be able to put into a vote, put up to a vote to oust the speaker. He sort of compromised with five. Well, you got 20 people here who are saying who won't vote for you. Seven of them are like, we will never vote over our death will we vote for this man. So I, I, clearly there will always be the number of people necessary to oust you at any given time. Why would you give away that kind of power to a group of people who are already against you fundamentally? So that's got pundits basically saying, you know, Kevin is weak. He's not standing up for himself. He's not standing up for the Congress. He's not standing up for Republicans. He's not standing up for America. He's giving away the House. He's offering them all kinds of things. Uh, key committee assignments and all these, all these kinds of things. So he was actually getting less popular, not more popular, but his fundamental voters, those 200 or so, they've been consistent throughout. So the 20 that had, it got up to 20, I think the first go around, it was, you know, 13 or 14 that voted against him. And each day he's been trying to like offer him stuff and do stuff. And they kept voting against him. Finally today on the fourth day, there's been this impasse, but today in the 12th round of voting, finally we saw movement. And I believe, I think it was nine. I think it was, maybe it was seven of the 20 or maybe it was nine. I'm not sure of the exact number. And I'm, I'm looking at the, at the TV as they're voting. But a, a significant number of them, about a third of the, two thirds of the people. So maybe it was like 14 of the ones who had voted against him throughout this week, finally said, okay, I'll vote for him. So again, we don't know what he has promised them, but he's done something Maybe they're just tired of looking stupid on TV. Maybe they're just like, let's just get on with it. Maybe it's that we can't get sworn in until we get a speaker, which means we're not going to get a paycheck until we get a speaker. And fine, we'll just, let's just get on with it. So a number of the people have actually switched their votes. There are still, I believe, seven people that we're looking at to determine whether he makes it on this 13th ballot. So because his number from, let me, let me, let me make, let me make sure I'm making this clear. The number of people who voted against him, let's just focus on the ones who voted against him on the, on the 11th ballot, that number decreased on the 12th ballot. So on the, the 12th time they voted, oh, doesn't look like he's going to win <laughs> 13 either. Okay. So um, I'm, again, I'm just watching this in real time. So of those 13, I'm sorry, of the 20 or so, 21 who voted against him and maybe, you know, 14 of them like, okay, I give in, I'll vote for him. Those seven that are remaining, he's still, if you remember from the calculation, if there are 434 people voting 
he needs 218 votes. So having closing the gap to like say 213 votes, which is what he got on the 12th ballot, is still not 218. So while he doesn't look as much a loser, he still appears to have lost, right? He still is not getting the votes that he needs. He still needs a 218. What will change the 218? So there are a few ways that we can go. So we're on the 13th ballot right now. Five, there are five dis dissenters. So he can't, that looks like he can't win. However, remember this. I said, if 434 people vote, the magic number is 218 votes. However, if let's say 430 people vote, then the magic number would be 215 plus one. So the magic number becomes 216, not 218. Or if 420 people, the magic number would be 210 plus one. So it'd be 211. Now, the problem with him getting, like, let's say a bunch of people say, you know what, I'll just abstain, or I'll go out to lunch, or I'm going to go home, or I'm whatever. If that number changes, then Hakeem Jeffries, who's got that 212 steady votes, all of a sudden, he might be in play. If enough people don't vote, like, okay, I won't vote. I just won't vote. I'm not going to vote for Kevin, but I just won't vote. That total number goes down, but the but that means that Hakeem Jeffries then has more of an opportunity. So they just have to really watch the votes. So right now, I believe there are a couple of people who are not present. And if they are, and somebody just flipped and voted for McCarthy, I can't see who it was. Andy, no, who was it? Andy Harris. So somebody who was a quote unquote, never Kevin flipped and became and voted for Kevin McCarthy. So right now we have five people and maybe he can, I think a couple of people are not present. Again, if they're not present, then the threshold number comes down from 218 to let's say to 16 or to 15. And then if he gets, if he can flip one or two, then he be then he would only need he got to 13 on the last go round. So assuming all those people stayed in line, voted for him again, and then he flipped a couple more people, he could barely eke out a win on this 13th time. And they, you know, they say the 13's a charm, right? So we are literally to the minute trying to figure out. If he's going to, uh, what this vote is, what this 13th vote is going to do, if he doesn't win, if he doesn't flip and we're waiting for Matt Ros Rossdale from Montana, if it looks like he's the only other person. So if he flips to McCarthy, maybe he'll win. If he or doesn't vote, maybe McCarthy would win. If he continues to be a never, a never Kevin-er, a never Kevin, then uh, they would probably go to a 14th ballot. If it's a 14th, then we've got a question, will they have a uh, adjourn for the day or have a recess to, 
go back and work the phones and do whatever, or will they just turn around and have yet another 14th vote right away? The pressure, when it was 20 people, it was a little bit easier for them to, um, you know, when it was 20 of them, it was just a little easier to sort of hide behind. It's like, well, we're a pretty big group that don't want this man. Now that it's down to like seven or eight people, it's a little bit harder <laughs> for people to stand strong and to vote, supposedly go along with their convictions. Uh-oh, looks like somebody just uh, flipped and, and decided to vote for Kevin McCarthy. I see the people standing and applauding somebody. So I'm not quite sure who, who that is and what they're, what they're doing. Um, nope. Breaking news. McCarthy appears to lose the vote for the 13th time. So there we are. <laughs> so now I will say that there is one last thing, which is at the end of the votes, everybody votes. They go through the roll call. And again, there are 434 people give or take or take because there's not going to be more, but there are essentially 434 people. He needs the number that he needs. People vote. At the end, before they certify the vote, you do have the opportunity to change your vote. So somebody may be the one who doesn't want to be the lone person out there or maybe they got a text or a phone call or whatever. And they're like, okay, I changed my mind. But as of this moment, it looks like he's going to lose on this 13th vote, which means because five people have voted against him and apparently he could not afford to lose that fifth vote. And he will have, um, so there'd be a 14th vote and whether that 14th vote is immediate or after a recess or if they adjourn for the day and then come back tomorrow remains to be seen. So today's the big number for today. I don't know if the number should be 218 or if the number should be, well, it shouldn't be 13 because it looks like 13, the 13th time wasn't a charm. So maybe 14 is the, is the big number. Um, one whole other option, again, is that people could just, the six or however many Republicans could just vote for Jeffries. Go make a deal with him and see what he could do for you. Anyway, that's a that's a tall order. Not likely. I, I can't imagine any set of circumstances where that could happen, especially in this climate where people get death threats and crazinesses going on for the slightest of reasons. Um, but I will say one final thing. Donald Trump endorsed McCarthy. For a while, he sort of had backed off of his endorsement, but then he's back on with his endorsement. And this week, you know, Kevin clearly reached out and Trump sends a message to his supporters and he and got on a conference call. And it was like, hey, you guys need to do this. Just wrap it up. Take yes for an answer. Keep it moving. Fight another day, but at least be sworn in and be a Congress and then have your fights. And these, those 20 people were like, yeah, whatever, Trump. So these are the people that Trump created. This is the sort of mess that he created with people that are all about building a brand, all about being seen, all about disruption, all about all these things other than governing. And then now he can't even control them. So 
that's where we are. I wanted to catch you guys up. I hope I made it clearer, not less clear. And then we will follow up soon. Thank you all for listening to the Capital G podcast. That is politics with a capital G. for listening to today's episode of Capital G. As always, you can find show and host information at capitalgpodcast.com and even more information and commentary on the Capital G blog, which you can also access through capitalgpodcast.com. If you liked what you heard, please share the show with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you.